Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. That's awesome. Hey, you know what? I love the family of God. I I don't, you know, we say, I love the church and we all think building, building. Actually, it's not. It's us. It's you. It's me. And I love what this family is doing, you know, and I, I just want to welcome back Cam and Marcy have been traveling all over New Zealand. You know, it's good to, good to have you guys home in the house. Really is. And I hope you'd be blessed while you're back here. Take a break. Guys, yeah, and it's good to see Richard back with us, of course. It's always good to see you back, mate. And, you know, when in this house, don't be afraid. Those guys, just go and say, g'day, what are you up to? What have you been doing? Pray for them when they tell you what. And I have, I love the fact that there's so much diversity, that there can be ministries inside church, right? That we don't have to get all bent out of shape because somebody's got a really flourishing ministry in our church. It's This is church. This is family. Aren't we always, when our family does well, aren't we always so proud saying, that's my brother, that's my sister, you know, that's my kid, that one, that's my kid. And we always skite. You know, if, if, if one of our, one of our family comes back, they've had a rough, you know, they've had a rough spot and, hu- and hurriedly people start praying, 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 praying. And then they come back. It's like, yeah, that's my kid. That one. That's my sister. And that's what family is about. That's what family's all about. Amen. We're not fractions here and fractions over there and some little thing happening over here. We're all in family. My my kids have got this um, thing, and it's called a brother's code, you see. And in their brother's code, we're not allowed to, for not from want of trying, to see what's going on. They look after each other, and they let us know information at will, which is normally not enough for me. I want to know everything. I mean, after all, I'm their mother. <laughs> And I should know everything, you know. But they have this little, they have this little Facebooky thing, and I don't know how many times I've tried to break into it. <laughs> and I have not been successful. And if they get a sniff of Mama trying to get a hand in there, they go, "Mum, what are you up to?" You know, what's that word? Woke. Yeah, mate. I don't know how to use it. It's a new word. It's, it means what, Arwen? What is staying woke, Pastor James? Yeah, see, I'm not woke, apparently. (laughs) Woke, what is that? Anyway, so this is us as family. You guys may have stuff that you're not telling us, but as long as you're looking after each other, I'm not going to complain, amen? If anybody knows me, I'm about church. I love church. I love not church the building, not church the programs, not church the worship or the kids' church. Or the, I'm, I love church the people. I love it when people come into our midst. And if you see somebody new walking through the door, I'll go sniff around like, <laughs> and I'm not trying to keep the people in. I'm just trying to keep the wolves out. Understand that. So I go have a sniff around and I go, so where are you from? <laughs> Who'd you come with? 
you know, and you know, I like straight up, don't look over there, look at me, look here, 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 look here, look at me, look at me. And it's just because I want to know that if there are people coming in that are coming in here to bend things a bit, I'm not into that, amen. If they're coming in to come in and they're going to help us and we're going to bend it together, woohoo, bend it together, then that's okay. But if they have some other issues, other agendas, I'm just having a sniff around to see what they're up to. Anyway, I didn't mean to say all that. <laughs> but I've been reading a portion of Scripture. And, um, you know, as a church, as Faith Point Church, we want to plant churches. And yesterday I sat with a bunch of guys who were church planters. And... Um, you know, they were talking about things. There's a new language, like this woke business, you know. Um, woke. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm trying to find some cool way to say that. But they were talking about things like macro church and micro church. You know, churches that are micro, that begin, and you have a bunch of people that are same-minded, and, it's, and that is a church. Just because the church doesn't look like this, it's still a church. And because of the COVID that happened, we understand now that we do have to be different. Amen. We do have to be, we do have to see church differently because we can't get together. I tell you what, we couldn't get together, but all the micro churches in New Zealand, the tens, they could get together and they were so excited. They were having church. I was jealous as because I couldn't have church myself. But I want to just go through a portion of scripture. And I want to talk about this. I want to talk about us, the church, us being together. And we find it in Second Kings. I just closed my Bible. I had it there. Second Kings and chapter 6. I just want to bring a few things out in here because I think we're at this place. We always ask ourselves, God, what are you doing? And I think... The day of the superstar is well and truly gone, the super pastors, the one man, and everybody bows and kowtows to that one man. We're in the time where churches are going to be together, and as a body, we're going to do things. One can put a 1,000 to flight, and two what? 10,000. We can do it better when we're together. Amen? There's always going to be specialist places like with Richard. He's got this father heart message that makes me bawl every time. It makes me want to get saved. And then you've got Cam and Marcy who are doing what they're doing, you know, with um, Operation Christmas Box and things like that, helping people. But as a rule, together, us, all of us belonging one to another and belonging to Christ, we can do great things. And don't just sit there in the seat and say, well, I can't lead a church. Have you got a family? Hey, there's a church right there. Amen. I mean, it just blew my mind. I thought these people don't, they're just about house churches. They're like little weenie churches. But really, there is an expression for it. Anyway, James is giving me hurry up, Bib. <laughs> so I'm going to carry on. So here we go. Father, we pray for your word. We pray, Lord God, as I do, Lord, that whatever is you will stick to, to the spirits of my family, Lord God. 
and anything else will just fall to the ground and Father God maybe to be picked up later on. And so we go, verse 1, And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. Go, he said. Go, he answered. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered and said, oh, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, alas, master. <laughs> Sorry, I'll say that again. Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. Thank you, Lord. So I just want to pick a few things out of that scripture. And you look at it, it says sons, not students, not servants, not associates, not slaves, but sons. Sons have an interest in the family business. Amen? Sons have a vested interest because there is an inheritance in the family business. And they identify with each other. There's a family swagger that happens, right? There's a, you know, this is this is my family. This is my family. That's how I say it. And there's a there's a certain way. You have a look at the Hillsong people. There's a certain swagger they got. It's always about the music and stuff. It's great being with those people. I love it. And then you have um, Faith Point people. We got our own swagger, right? We got our own swagger because we're family. We're sons and we're daughters and we're in this house and we live here together. So we are going to season each other up if, and I say if, if we, you've got to be present for it to, to, to happen. I'm losing my voice. You've got to be present for it to happen, amen? Ooh, that went down really quietly. So if you are part of this family and you're seasoned by each other, you actually have to be here. I remember when I was trying to get the uh, minister's fraternal together in this area and there was an older gentleman, an older minister, and he, he, you know, everybody was going, yeah, let's do this, let's get together, let's look after each other, and that was fine. And he said, well, you actually have to turn up, guys. <laughs> That's the truth, though, isn't it? It is the truth. When I go to my family functions and my family, immediate family, I have 104 members. Yeah, think about that. I have 11 siblings and the rest are, uh, the rest are in-laws and kids and yeah, there's 104 of us. So when we get together, everybody thinks, oh, that's great having a big family, and it is. But you try imagine to give a piece of yourself away to 104 people, and some of those jolly people, they look at it and they go, eh, chuck it away. But this is what family is. You have to actually show up. And for, for a number of years, I wasn't present there because I was doing other things. And when I turned up again, when the family got together, when I started turning up again, I'd grown up my kids, I had time. 
the swagger had changed because they'd all seasoned each other. So we are sons and daughters of this house and we season each other. But this is the thing. When you're in a family and there's a problem, whose problem is it? It's ours. Hey, it's not mums, it's not dads, it's not that sisters, it's not that brothers. It's our problem. So we turn up. This is the first bit of this, and it says, see, the place that we dwell is too small for us. So notice this didn't come from Elisha. It came from the sons of the prophets. So when we're doing church, this is the thing. When we're doing church family, please still love me when I've finished this because it's just I believe this is what God has spoken to me about. So when we are in family and there's a problem of growth or space, it's our problem. And don't worry, I'm not going to ask you for an offering. So sweet, relax. Breathe, breathe, relax. I'm not going to ask you for any money, sweet. But there are problems that occur in our family, our church family, that all of us need to understand if we're, this is our family, it's our problem. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so the sons of the prophet said, this is our problem. It's not Elisha's problem. It's not the 2IC prophet's problem. It's not the elder of the prophet's problem. This is our problem. And we need to fix it. And so this is the thing. The talk in the family was there's a problem. Let us fix it. Not you fix it. I'll come back next week. Us. We need to all fix it. All of us have got something we can add to another person's life. And you have to believe this. Otherwise, why salvation? Amen. Why am I saved? Just so that me and God can hang at the glory bus stop until he comes pick me up? I don't think so. I don't think so. And it says here, please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there. And the Bible often speaks symbolically. So the River Jordan is symbolic of a place where the children of Israel, I think it was in Joshua 3, crossed over into the promised land, out of roaming in the desert and crossed over to the land flowing with milk and honey. That's what the symbolism of the River Jordan is. But for them to be able to cross the Jordan, in the midst of crossing over the Jordan, there came struggles. Amen. Problems. The whole Israelites' army, family had problems. And this is the thing. How many of us know that when we struggle with our issues and fight to retain a place in God, we become stronger? We have to fight. If your kids are playing up, you have to fight for them, don't you? You have to pray for them. And you become stronger in prayer. Your marriage is falling to bits. It's not her fault. It's not his fault. It's your both fault. Ask James. Everything was his fault in the early days. Your fault, your fault, your fault. And then one day I discovered some of it was my fault. I mean, get behind me, Satan. You know, I, did, I thought, get behind me, Satan. You know, I'm right, he's wrong. 
But, you know, we had to, and we struggled together, and then we realised that we were struggling against each other and not the enemy. The enemy, if you're married, this is the smallest unit of unity. He wants to grow something big on your marriage. He does. Our God is not a little God. He doesn't think, well, I'll get you together and you can have lovely babies and all your lovely babies will have lovely babies. That's not what it's about. We're in a war. We are in the middle of it. The minute we said, God, come into my life, be the Lord of my life, we're in the center of a war. And if you are fighting each other, you're fighting the wrong war. The devil is at you, he's going, yes, I'm winning. And you're going, yeah, 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 trying to, I mean, we need to be like um, Robin and um, we need to be like Robin and them, don't we? I always call you Graham. God, why do I call you Graham? Graham sounds younger, yeah, thought so. I mean, we need to look at these guys and say, I want to be like these guys. Raise kids, have grandchildren that we love. I want to be like them. 47 years, you've got a few years to go yet, James. <laughs> but we struggle together, don't we? And we forget who the enemy is. This enemy is the devil. It's not one another. And the sooner we sort that one out and get on with the real job, the sooner, God, you'll see, begin to see the blessings of God on your life. I tell you, that boy, he was a boy then, he would not submit to me. <laughs> and because I was a leader in another church before I met him, and everybody submitted to me, but as I was told, I thought he was supposed to do that as well, but it works out. No, <laughs> no way, Jose, that's not going to happen. So we struggle, we struggle, and we pray. But when we come out, you know, we say to ourselves, I'll tell you what, come and have a go, devil. You know, have a piece of me, come on, come on. <laughs> but we're going to stand, amen, because we're strong. And these are like the beams of the framework of our lives. This is like the house that we're building. And it says in this, let's all take our beams. Come on, let's all take our strengths and let us build a new place together. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to build build ourselves first and then build with each other. There is a whole nation out there that needs saving. Hey, and we are the answer God's given. Yeah, you can turn up and say, hey, I'm God's answer to your problems. <laughs> That's what God is calling us to do. I can't, Pastor Viv. Too many problems. Come on, girlfriend. Come on, lad. Let's get going. Let's fix it. Because you're called for greater things than what you're seeing right now. And that's what family does. We gather around together and we say, come on then, you've got this dream, let's go. Don't give me no ideas person. I don't go for ideas. I like idea people who roll up their sleeves and say, I have an idea, come with me. And I'm thinking, yeah, man, I'm coming with you. You know what you're up to. But we need to be able to say to one another, I'll support you. I know, I know Arwen is going to have his own ministry one day. He's going to be out there preaching the gospel. And I intend to be there to support him because he's out of our family. 
There's going to be more ministries that come out of this place. And I'm not just talking off the top of my head. God has shown me some things in the prophetic, and they are astounding, astounding, that I can see testimonies of healings that I've never, ever you know, dreamed of before. I want to see that, God. And I want to see it not over there in that house. I want to see it here in this house. So we know that when we struggle with our issues and we fight for something, we come out victorious, we're going to hang on to that thing and that just becomes a daily part of our lives. Looking after our marriage is a daily part of my life. You know, when James says things to me that I don't like, I can't just react like I used to. I can't just, I, I can't, yeah, you're looking at me going, you react? <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm brown. I'm from Napui. And all we do is react, you know. <laughs> so I have had to temper myself down. I did it. I didn't say, hey, God, change me. He said, change yourself. I'm going to have a cup of tea. <laughs> because some things he leaves for us to do, right? And you say, well, you can't have any problems. He's a pastor. He's holier than most men. I say, oh, come on. Really? You believe that? You need to get saved. Amen. <laughs> See, I'm going to get a hiding next time he preaches, eh? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, you'll keep his son. <laughs> but that is my that is me every day, and I don't miss days looking after our marriage. I make sure that I look after it because it's my job. It's not his job, you know. He's. A, I'm not going to say any more because you start thinking, "Is that my pastor really?" <laughs> yeah, it is. So we take all of those things that are strengths in our life. Family is strong for me. So I build things, um, uh, I build things into my life that means that my family's around much, except, you know, trying to get into their little family Facebook thing. But I have that, and that, that means that I have to have them over. I have to cook, clean, and often I have to go and buy groceries so that I can send them home with groceries. But that's what I do. It's a lot of work. Yes, it's a lot of work. But I intend to have my family by my side for the rest of my days. So I've got to look after it. I've got to look after my husband. I don't want him running off with some young thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to look after that. Do you know? I can't convince him. I might have to use the Botox, like you said. <laughs> Grant. <laughs> I can't convince them I'm in yoga. But this is the thing. What we see, can I, can I, can I even, you know, reiterate that? What we, what we value becomes a beam in our lives and we build it into our lives. And then when we're with other people in this house, your family, you build together and you build new things. There are, I believe, church plants that'll come out of you guys. We can't plant all the churches. By the time some of you start planting churches, I'll be, yeah, worm fodder. I'll be gone. By the time you build uh, new churches, by the time you plant churches, um, you know, it'll be done differently. But that's all good, isn't it? Maybe our kids out there in kids' church will start planting churches. Yahoo. 
you know, we've got to dream like this. I dream often for my own children. I dream for the members of this church and, and as well. And it, and it says, and let us make a place where we dwell. And he said, go. So let's do that with one another. Let's us say, let's build something. Let's build something together. Amen. So if I ever had to put this all together and paraphrase, it would go like this. Let us, as sons and daughters of Faith Point, or whatever church it is that you are going, if you're watching this on Facebook, take ownership for her, that's the church, and let's all together find solutions for growing this house together. Let each of us now take the strengths gained from our struggles and join together with others in Faith Point and let us Make a place where we can dwell together and grow. James and I haven't got all the answers, but you do. But you do. And so we need to hear, but we need to see you doing those things as well. If God speaks to you, mate, it's you got to do the deed, not me. You know, it's you got to do the deed. And then we go to verse, uh, verse 3 says this, Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went, so he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. Right there is a beautiful picture of what we believe is very important in this house, and that is discipleship. Um, I believe in discipleship more than I believe in programs. I believe in discipleship more than I believe in the latest books. I believe in discipleship more than any of the best preachers in the world. Maybe it's because we've both, uh, James and I have both been discipled. Maybe I've discipled more people and I've seen them, you know, just like Lucinda, discipling her through her sickness. And we think, well, but I can't. I don't know. I haven't got a degree. Oh, come on, really? Did you get a degree to raise your kids? Maybe some of us should have, eh? <laughs> no, but what did you do? You, you, the situation presented itself, so you thought to yourself, actually, I have to do this. It's on me. So discipleship is as simple as that. If you go, um, it, you know, I heard yesterday at this uh, network meeting that I was at, what is discipleship? Discipleship is loving and obeying Jesus. That's it. I can't see anything that says that's a verse from the Bible. But that's exactly what it is. All of us are one step ahead of somebody who isn't saved yet. All of us. So we can teach somebody something. If you go to Titus 2, it says this. That as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. That's uh, Timothy to uh, Paul to Timothy. That the older men be sober. Can we teach someone how to be sober? I'm asking you. How do you how do you teach somebody to be sober? Tell them not to too much, right? It's not that hard. You guys are looking for a hidden agenda. There isn't one. There isn't one. And it says. Uh, teach older men to be reverent and temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. And the older woman, likewise, Timothy, teach them this, that they may be reverent and behave. I might have a few problems with that one, <laughs> teaching women to be reverent in their behavior. 
might have a few problems. I might need some discipleship from somebody if anybody's willing. They're not slanderers. Not given to much wine. Okay? Teachers of good things. Can you teach good things? I'm not talking Bible. You guys are looking, what's the scripture that goes with it? There's no scripture that goes with it. Can you teach a person to do good things? Don't steal. You know, don't flutter your eyelashes at your neighbor's husband. Don't do that. We can teach these things. It's easy. You know, when James used to say to me, discipleship's simple, I used to think, not even, oh. You know, that was my Maori accent, not even, oh. But it is easy. It is easy because I am one step ahead of somebody else that's behind me, amen. And uh, and it says this as well, teach the uh, older woman to admonish or advise or teach the young woman to love their husbands. Teach them to love their children. Teach them to be discreet. Chaste, homemaker, there's a lot of good homemakers here. Yeah, <laughs> and you can teach a younger woman how to do that, how to be good and obedient to their husbands. I need discipleship training with that one sometimes. <laughs> so anybody that's willing, let me know. That the word of God may not be blasphemed. And likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. In other words, teach them how not to be stupid. We can do that, Amen. Every parent in this building can teach a young man how not to be stupid. Okay. In all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works and doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. And that's that's easy one. Teach young people, don't swear, man. Don't use that language. That one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. This is discipleship. This is a beautiful picture of being a discipler. Don't be afraid just because you haven't been to Bible college. Some of you have been through the school of hard knocks. You've learned some lessons, passed the lessons on. First of all, to your own children and then to any other young person that's near you. A younger person that's near you, sorry. So if you're an older person and you've been through life, the Bible says they've been all the way through life and they have experience in life. Pass on your knowledge to other people. Let them know. I mean, don't go over them and whack them over their heads and say, you know, listen to me. You make a relationship. That's what you do, isn't it? You make a relationship with people and then you pass on what you know. I, I was talking to a guy out in Kumu and he wants to start, um, he wants to start a man shed out there because he's a mechanic and he wants to show young guys how to fix their cars, how to change their tires. That is discipleship. That is discipleship. But so often, you know, we can see people struggling. We think, oh, well, not my problem. But that's not family. If it happens in my family, it's my problem as well. Amen. You try looking after 104 very closely related um, nieces and nephews. Wahoo. But then it says this, but as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out and he said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. And this is the other side of discipleship. You can have a discipler, but you also have to have a disciplee. And those disciplees, I have to be careful, disciplees are people who say, speak into my life, please. 
We'd love to speak into everybody's life, but we know in this room there are people who have had experiences that can do it. Speak into, on our behalf, speak into the, into the lives of others. But also, you know, one of the things that I've, has really blessed me is, is, is hearing the stories of how the younger generation in this church have gone and had dinner with older generation people. And they have encouraged. The stories I get back from some of you is they come to my house. I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged that they go out there doing the job, out there spreading the gospel, out there doing things. I'm so encouraged. And it's encouraging them to try to reach out to people. So we encourage each other. You have a discipler, you have a disciplee. Amen. And before anything starts, you begin with relationship. Don't pull out the Bible and the program that's about 46 weeks long. Get to know each other first, you know. You could pull out your thing and somebody says, I can't read. What are you going to do then? Oh, well, I'm not discipling you. Off you go. That's not how it works. Amen. Do you hear my heart in this? This is my heart, that you... Everybody, but we build together, we build ourselves, we build each other. And then we go off and we begin to be able from that strength to go out and preach the gospel. Amen. See more people saved. This is not the sum total of church people. We have a job and the job is to go out and preach the gospel and be the gospel wherever we are. And so... You know, one of the things James said to me, he said, oh, I heard something cool, so I'm going to pass it on to you. And sometimes He said this, sometimes we can swing the axe and swing the axe and the head comes off and, we, and from a distance, if you watch that person, they can keep swinging, keep swinging, and you would be none the wiser that the axe head, the, the actual edge has fallen off. And they keep swinging from a distance, you look just like everyone else, busy working, busy doing Christianity, busy looking the part, but then when you invite a disciple alongside, they can see what's happening. They can help you out. But we have to be able to be humble enough to say, come on into, come on into my life, come beside me. I'm having a few problems. Can you help me out? I might look the part, but I'm actually not. The number of people that we have been able to minister to that and then they've gone and they've been able to minister out of freedom. Is that great? That's great. And it says in verse 6, so the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. And that last scripture sums everything up so perfectly. Imagine this guy has lost the exit and Elisha says, cut, cut off a stick. And he goes, oh, that's clever. Cut the stick off. Fish out the, fish out the axe head. But... That's not what he did. He grabbed the stick and chucked it in the water. Who does that? <laughs> Except a God of the miraculous, right? Because when you are together, when you are building things, where there is unity, God commands the blessing, the Bible says. And when you're together and when you're doing stuff together, God shows up, doesn't he? And he shows you miracles because you're together, working towards the focus of seeing people getting saved. That's what it's all about. 
That's what it's all about. Yes, amen. That's what it's all about. And, and James preached last week and he was talking about, you know, is Jericho, eh? It was Jericho and Joshua, and, and Joshua's um, a, a fighting warrior, and they had this problem, and they want to go in and take take the city of Jericho, and he takes along with him his fighting men, and they're all itching for a scrap, and they're going, come on, come on, let us have it. And, you know, and Joshua's going, yeah, 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 man, we'll take him. And God says, I want you to be quiet and walk around. It's like, man, what? And look what happened. The walls came down without anything, you know, just there's a whole sermon around that. But that's God. He turns up, shows himself to us. And if we think, well, we can't do it, we just need the God of miracles to come in and we're united and we're um, working together and we're a family and we're all looking after each other and somebody says, I'm going to do it, we go, come on then, do it. Let's all do this together. We'll back you. Off you go. Take me with you if you need me. (coughs) Amen. Come on, family. All of us. God has built a dream into us. He has never, ever, ever said that all we should be doing is going to church on Sunday, D-groups, pre-groups, and maybe now and again sharing our faith. He wants us to be on the front end of that and saying, yeah, this is my God. This is my family. We're going to do this together. We're going to see souls saved. And then we're going to plant churches because people need to be, need to learn about God. And we're going to keep going because this is our family swagger. Amen. Amen. And I believe that with all my heart. I can remember when James and I stood on the side of the sidewalk and the prophet said to us, you know, whatever you have in your heart, God is saying, you're going to do it. And we didn't care if there was nobody going with us. That was our God. He turned up. He was a miracle maker, not us. We were just obedient. Amen. And look at you guys. And look at the church over in Fiji. And look at the beginning of um, Huapai. And look at these young preachers coming up. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And all you guys have turned up and we're all getting together and say, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm itching for a fight. <laughs> we're itching for it. You know what I'm saying? So let's do this together. And I just want to finish with that. We have a vision to plant churches, whatever that looks like. You know, like yesterday this guy, he, he challenged me and he said, do you think, uh, what do you say, the wineskin? We've been focused on the wineskin. Never mind the wineskin. I thought, what? We started off saying that. He said, never mind the wineskin. As long as they get to taste the sweet wine, whatever the wineskin looks like, who cares? So it can be a big church, a small gathering, but we all got to be on the front end of presenting the gospel. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand and ask Terry to come?